0: Maverick News, the antivirus program for your mind. And now, the Freedom Reporters. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rick Walker. Welcome to a special broadcast here on the Maverick News Channel. Tonight, we do have the Durham by-election All Candidates Forum, and we are about to get started with that. We don't have all of the candidates with us, but we do have some of them, and we're going to engage in, a, I think, a pretty interesting discussion and explore both the local and national issues here tonight because the entire country has its eyes on the riding of Durham, the riding formerly held by the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Aaron O'Toole. It's up for grabs, and it is... Um, It's a political skirmish, a prelude to things to come as uh, as we get into what might be an election year federally in Canada, if not very soon thereafter in 2025. So stick with me. I'll be right back and we'll get right into it on the other side of this.
1: Okay. Hello, everyone. Yes, my name is Gail Robertson and my uh, business right now is Gail Now, but I'm actually a recovering journalist. So I spend over a decade in mainstream media. Uh, I've also managed an advertising and promotion department um, and now have my own business. And I also have my own show called Curious Minds with Gail Now, where I address various topics. Uh, that uh, either aren't being addressed sometimes in mainstream, or maybe people that aren't getting having a voice. So I've, uh, like Rick, uh, come from a background uh, in journalism, and I probably lean towards I'm someone uh, considered, or I consider myself, fairly nonpartisan. So I I try to uh, uh, keep an open mind, and as Ted Lasso would say, be curious, not judgmental.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, apparently I'm seeing the chat I can was coming in clear but you're having some audio trouble so
0: I'll have to you do, do this how about that that's probably better all right the audio system is a little wonky okay so Gail hello hello everyone I was just saying that uh, before we get into our introductions with uh, all of the candidates here tonight uh we're into an into a forum looking at the riding of Durham which takes in that red dot there on the Southern Ontario map of Mississauga, Scugug, Oshawa. It's in the Greater Toronto Area, formerly held by the leader of the Conservative Party, Aaron O'Toole. It's up for grabs. It's an important riding. It's a by-election and a prelude of things to come as we get into what could be an election year this year federally, putting Justin Trudeau and his Liberal government, um, uh, I guess on trial with the with the voters and we'll we'll see what happens. Um we don't have all of the candidates here with us tonight. We do I have to mention out of fairness that uh there is a new Democratic Party candidate, Chris Borgia. We have Pranay Gunty who I thought was going to show up tonight, said he was coming but isn't here. He's an independent candidate. Jamil Giovanni with the Conservative Party. I don't think he has done any debates and is not really doing any interviews of media that i've seen so he did message back finally and said that he's not showing up tonight kevin mckenzie represents the green party also not here robert rock with the liberals spoke with them looked like he might come but so far no show maybe he'll show up adam smith with the rhinoceros party uh very elusive never got to speak to him very difficult to find and um the rest are here so let's start with grant abraham on the other the other corner and and have you introduce yourself and what party you represent Uh, your microphone is muted i think yes it is thank you very
3: much my name is grant abraham i'm the leader of the newly minted united party of canada it's an essentially a center right party that is a new expression on conservatism conservatism in Canada, and it's seeking to reconcile the fiscal and the social conservatives back together again in our nation. So I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to have
0: the chat and thank you for hosting this Maverick Media. And Khalid, um, over to you. You represent the centrist party.
2: Yeah, hi, my name, as you said, is Khalid Qureshi and I'm from the centrist party of Canada, a new party. We, we formed it only about three to four years ago. We registered it across Canada and we have been able to um, to field some candidates uh, in the past uh, couple of elections. Uh, this time I am the one in, uh, in the front. Uh, I'm not the leader of the party, but uh, I am a main component and I uh, uh, have uh, an intention that I'll go with the party some way as long as I can uh, survive with it. Um The, Sen- the centrist Party believes in a balanced approach, a balanced approach to all the problems that we have, uh, the financial issues that we have, uh, the social issues that we have, and uh, political matters. Uh, all those we need to have a balanced party, and we believe in transparency in finances, which is our main target, and a unity across Canada end-to-end, coast-to-coast.
0: Okay. and. Trish Conlon with the PPC.
4: Hi everyone, yeah, thanks for having this uh, forum. It's great to have a discussion with everyone. I'm with People's Party of Canada. It is the fastest growing party in Canada. I wasn't a politician, I was an entrepreneur before and very successful. I I put that all on hold because I saw that none of the parties were representing the needs of the people. There was gross government overreach uh, that I witnessed during COVID not standing up for individual rights. Uh, Since then, it's only gotten worse with the removal of the rights with Bill C4 by all the parties. Um, You know, the the assault on people's uh, homes and uh, the the poverty I've witnessed. So I, I believe the best platform for Canada is the People's Party uh i'm a conservative i'm a christian i think i'm you know we've seen that it's a fake liberal and a fake uh conservative running who are spouting slogans but not about any real issues people have seen with me it's not really left or right anymore it's right and wrong and when you have a government that's making people poorer sicker and more demoralized and not there's no opposition we have a weak opposition it's time for new leaders, leadership in Ottawa. And people know me. I came to the community almost 20 years ago with my late husband. We bought a dealership, wanted to, you know, employ people with jobs. Since then, you know, I've raised my kids here. I spoke out during COVID, and some people who didn't like that um, now come up to me on a regular basis and thank me for the courage that I have. Now I know there's an audio issue with everyone here.
0: Yes. Um, um, so what I'm going to ask is if uh, when you're not speaking, if you could just self mute your microphones, that would be of great help. Yeah, I'm just wondering, Tish, are you wearing uh, earpiece?
4: No, because I don't think it's me. I just have uh, I just have my one microphone on
3: because I'm getting I'm hearing you twice. I think it's it's like pinging around. I don't know what. Anyway.
4: Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I because I've done podcasting myself. That was one of the fun things I did. Uh, you know, when I, my uh, business was basically destroyed through censorship, but I started podcasting. So I have an mic
1: here, but uh, I've never I haven't had that, that echo. I hear it with Rick as well. It's better now. I'm thinking if everybody keeps mics off, except when you're speaking, it may help. we will give that a try. And uh, uh, Rick, I just want to say thanks to the people in the chat that are letting us know. I'm keeping an eye on that, so we'll we'll try to. I know audio is always an issue, so we'll keep an eye on it, and, uh, okay. Would you like me to say that again? Would you, could you hear it? No, Can I, you cut I
0: think out we, we got it, short? we got it. Okay. It was just okay. a little
1: echoey, but no, everything came through. It's just a bit of an echo. Okay.
0: okay so i can now trish you ran in the last election i'm just going to show people the results from the last election in 2021 Aaron o'toole came away with 46 and a half percent of the vote the liberal candidate at the time almost 30 percent the ndp 17 and a half and you came away with five and a half so that's kind of where things stood in 2021 it has been a conservative stronghold but things are a whole lot different now the the issues i think are a bit different we have different candidates as well and gail let's get right into the questions because we want to keep this thing moving along uh and i'm going to throw it over to you
1: Okay. number one question I think is on a lot of people's minds is uh, what would you do as a newly elected MP to address the issue of inflation in terms of people finding it difficult, you know, for groceries, rent and mortgage payments? So what would you do to address inflation and maybe give a little bit of an overview on your economic policy in 20 words or less?
0: (laughs) Okay, Let's start with Khalid on that.
2: Sure, sure. Why not? Yeah, inflation. um, (laughs) I've been suffering from it. I go out to the grocery shop. And uh, by the time I'm done with just enough of what I have, my budget is gone. So we are all suffering. Uh, Inflation is a a, a reality. There's, There's no need for blaming any government or whatever for that, for the inflation. But the question That we ask ourselves and we ask our government, whether the government is on the local level, whether it's on the provincial level, or it is on the national level, the federal level. The question is that, are we a rich country or are we a poor country? Are we a struggling country or are we a successful country? Which country are we? How do we identify ourselves, define ourselves? Is there something that we can understand if we are a rich country, then... We should behave as a rich country. Then if a rich country has homeless on the streets, have beggars on the street, we, we see so many beggars that I feel embarrassed and I sweat when I see that in Canada. And then we have these lineups in front of hospitals, on the ER. Then we have schools where the classrooms are bursting with children and teachers cannot handle them. We have uh, our unemployment. We have housing. We have people who don't have homes, neither they can afford renting nor they can afford all. So we are a rich country, we are an affluent country. If that is the case, then why is it that we are suffering all this? Why are we being taxed so heavily, heavily than other countries and heavily than other promises? And why are we then still suffering? If we are a poor country, then why is the government of Canada spending so much money outside the country why is the bureaucracy having so many um so much money going into their pockets why is money going and flowing into the pockets of of these big corporations and banks and financial organizations one way or the other we are either rich or we are poor so let's behave that way if we are rich then we should show that we are rich. The money should trickle down to my pocket.
1: Okay, Okay, just follow up though, what for everybody, what would you do to deal with inflation? Because you've been trying to problem first, first, first,
2: Yeah, sorry. The the first very simple um, method of controlling this is that if we are poor, let's behave poor. Let's not spend money. Let's stop spending extra money in places where it's not required. Send it back to the municipalities send the money back to the municipalities where the municipalities can make their own programs and handle then start using your natural resources to the way it should they should be used natural gas we don't want to use them we want to hold that gas in our tanks i don't know for what reason and for when other countries are asking us for long to to export this gas to them we are not
0: let's use our natural resources
2: because we need to stay on time so, so so in in, in order to to, to to make sure that we have enough income, we have to make sure that our natural resources and our capacity, our intellectual capacity and our physical capacity and our resources are all used properly and uh, uh, prudently so we can get the uh, money back into our pockets. Then we have these uh, food chains that we have to deal with. we have to contract them. On 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 mass basis and say okay here bring us uh, commodities back into our cities into our streets on a lower rate okay. and that's and how we it. need to move and it's to... no rocket science.
0: All right, thank you, and let's move over to Grant.
3: Well, inflation is a twofold issue; it's monetary and fiscal policy. It needs to be addressed in both contexts. Fiscal is a tax issue. We need to drop the carbon tax. We need to look at the the downline taxes that we're charging for energy, uh, how that affects agriculture. Those are all things that affect our food prices, etc. And then the monetary policy is uh, is the cost of our money. Um, our money is costing more because it's depreciating. It's uh, we're having to raise interest rates so we can service our debt. That's the that's the death cycle. It needs to be broken, and um, one of the ways to break that is to jumpstart the economy. And the way that we do that is actually to open up our energy sector, cut those taxes, um, sell the things that the world needs right now, actually have a conversation about what Canada is in relation to carbon and this discussion about the environmental crisis that's uh, it's on the roster tonight for discussion. Recognize that we only contribute 1.6 percent of the global population uh, global global carbon output. Uh, We're paying for it as a nation. It's making Canadians poor. Nations like India, Pakistan, China, uh, developing countries are not paying any, but they're the major contributors to uh, these issues. So we got to we got to reset the balance and actually move away from this uh, carbon issue where where Canadians are brunt paying the brunt of this and uh, move to a place where we're actually stabilizing our people and our nation. And this impacts, impacts almost every other conversation we're going to have as well, particularly food prices with the cost of developing um, uh, fertilizer and the movement of food. And it it's just a whole distribution channel discussion. So there there's the starting points.
0: Okay. And Trish?
4: The People's Party of Canada has an excellent platform on fiscal responsibility. We also believe that the carbon tax needs to be immediately removed. It's impacting not only families, but small businesses. We go further and we oppose net zero mandates for farmers. We take our food and energy uh, security seriously. If you look at what's happening in Europe with these protests, it's because not only is net zero like net zero COVID, it's unachievable, but it will negatively and catastrophically affect our food supply. Um, we also believe in uh, ending the wasteful spending. Canada has been uh, wastefully spending our taxpayer dollars, not only at a municipal level, but at a federal level, I could give you umpteen examples. I presented to Council four times on this and done a number of town halls. We also need to reduce and eliminate foreign aid. If we're not looking after our own veterans, and homeless, we shouldn't be sending money to conflicts that are complex and um, and not it, it, not our business. We we had a historical role as peacekeepers, and I think we should uh, gain respect on the national international stage again by being peacekeepers and reducing foreign aid spending, particularly now that we're in crisis. We can also protect wages. Uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, temporary foreign workers coming into Canada that are undercutting Canadian workers for salaries, and that's affecting uh, people, uh, people's uh, ability to provide food. We can, we can really work on local initiatives, buy local, rebuild our manufacturing sector. That's going to help with inflation. We can build it here ourselves and also support uh, high level jobs that are uh, well-paying instead of the mic jobs that are out there, service economy jobs tend to be lower paying. So those are just some of the many things. I have a deep uh, background in job creation, I have run a recruitment firm for over 25 years and uh, building meaningful work is going to be a backbone, reducing spending and also making sure that our spending is appropriate and is targeting families. And helping people afford food food and the basics to to have a good life
0: okay back to you gail any follow-up uh
1: no i think everybody uh addressed it in a way that uh, i mean we we we're also missing our uh the other two candidates that would probably address uh also the questions but i thought each person gave some ideas which was what we're trying to get to um, so the next question, also one that is, uh, I think top of mind for a lot of people uh, in terms of the impact and what it's happening on uh, our communities. So uh, what is your position on immigration policy
0: into Canada?
2: Is it my okay, turn?
0: Let's start with Trish and we'll go around the okay. clock that way this time.
4: Okay, thank you. Yeah, the People's Party of Canada is the only federal party that maintains we need to lower uh, immigration significantly. We've had in 2022 over 600,000 immigrants and non-permanent residents into our country and it's put enormous stress on housing, health care and jobs. We're in a we're in a stagnant economy right now there's not enough jobs, doctors, nurses, or homes. And we're we're also allowing um, record number of refugee claims. And Canada's uh, putting up refugees in luxury hotels while kids, I've talked to many who are living on the street who have a university degree working two jobs, can't afford living. That's not kind. When you're in an airplane and it's, there's turbulence, they've always taught you have to put your own mask on first. So saying we need to reduce immigration is what every immigrant I've spoken to on the street, and I've talked to thousands at their doorsteps, they agree as well. We just don't have enough services. And I think uh, to be responsible as a nation, as we go through a turbulent period, we need to reduce immigration. We also need to better screen uh, potential immigrants um, for values and also for their skills. Uh, for Canadian jobs where they may be missing skills. I've, I've had many wonderful immigrants come to my office for new jobs who had excellent attitudes and skills. And they too now say that people are recklessly being allowed in. We aren't doing proper screening or background checks. So the People's Party position, which I support for a, as a Canada first MP, is we need to clean up our own mess right now. We're in turbulent times. We need to reduce significantly reduce immigration to solve the housing and healthcare crisis so that our elderly and critically ill aren't dying waiting for treatments. So we will reduce immigration and that is what the constituents of Durham want as well.
0: Grant, over to you.
3: Well, this is is definitely an interesting conversation because we've never had this problem in Canada in relation to the correlation with housing and immigration. And so uh, the conversation has to, must be set in the context of demand uh, that is coming into the country through immigration and housing. And uh, I, I tend to see these issues as requiring a solution that fits into a broader economic strategy that actually helps us decide how much immigration we have, starting with a moratorium until we've actually created a a supply issue for our housing and we care for these issues. Now it does, it can be a very short term thing, but we need to look at this. I don't think the PPC is the only party with an immigration policy like this. And uh, we need to think carefully about what we're talking about when we say, say things like that. I just think that the, the economic framework for Canada has been stretched too far. I think the big issue in our country is we're not asking why we're having this increase of uh, immigration to this level and why our government is uh, pushing this this far. We've always had a responsible stage growth that allows people to immigrate into our nation and allows our country to absorb them uh, and adapt to our culture, our traditions. And we're not doing that right now. And we're seeing that I was downtown in Toronto on Sunday, and I was really amazed to see a Hamas demonstration that was pretty assertive and pretty aggressive, and we're having immigration challenges here that we need to talk about, and I'm a little fatigued, actually, in our nation where we're, we're skirting around these hotter issues where we have to actually look at uh, this agenda that is rolling out in relation to a discussion about Um, having an aggressive position being taken on our streets that is completely opposed to Israel when Canada is very clearly aligned with Israel in terms of its foreign policy. And these are issues that we need to discuss. Um, We need to stop having these sanitized conversations about the just in economics. We need to define uh, discussions about whether a militant Islam like Hamas is actually compatible with our, our nation and have these conversations. And so while I appreci- appreciate that we're just talking about housing or, uh, or immigration or whatever, there are much broader membrane issues in our country that we need to engage. And the biggest challenge here, I'd like to say in a lot of these topics is we've, we've got agendas that are being pushed by the liberal government. And we've got a conservative government that is not asking the question these questions, and that's one of the reasons why we have a PPC. That's one of the reasons why we have a United Party of Canada asking these issues. And I, I it it interests me immensely that we have a, a candidate in the Durham riding called Jamil Giovanni, whose whose main platform is to step up to be a fighter and lead with compassion. And he's not here. And when we look at the Durham riding. The reality is that Aaron O'Toole betrayed the the constituents in Durham with his true blue platform and then shifting completely left. And now we we have another candidate who's saying he's going to fight for us, but he can't even approach and have these conversations because the reality is that those candidates that everyone is looking to vote for because they just want to get rid of Justin Trudeau, we're not actually having those conversations because they're not showing up. And the truth is, the candidates are going into the party and the grassroots agenda of the actual constituents are being silenced and this is a pattern all across the country i sat on the eda of a of the conservative uh, board out in bc uh, and i know exactly what is going on here and so this is why we must have these conversations and we must have them holistically as a nation and stop stop tiptoeing around these broader issues and look look very clearly at our immigration and determine what it is that we want to to bring into this country we're a nation of immigrants i celebrate immigration i'm never going to allow anyone to say that i'm not in support of immigration my father's an immigrant to this country but there are much bigger issues going on here it's time to have those conversations and not be timid
0: about them okay and khalid make sure you unmute your mic i i muted your microphone for for noise suppression so make sure you unmute it and yeah, to...
2: I, yeah 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 uh immigration uh the take uh, that the central party of canada has is that immigration immigration is a must is a necessity for canada we have a very wide very big landmass, one of the biggest countries in the world we have natural resources we have our ocean, um, borders open to oceans and we have so much more we need people so saying That immigrants coming in, on one hand, are a burden on the economy is absolutely wrong. It is important that we must get. The only problem is that the management of these immigrants is the responsibility of the government. If they bring in immigrants, 600,000 in one year, and we do not have the infrastructure for that number, then we are making a mistake somewhere. So it is not the influx of the immigrant that is the issue. It is the management of those immigrants that's the issue. And if we say that we, uh, if, as long as far as I understand, when we are uh, uh, getting these immigrants every year, we issue a list of the required categories of these immigrants, categories in terms of experience and in terms of their uh, profession. So if that is the case, then somebody somewhere is making that list of, of, of categories. And that list goes out and then across the globe, we get these people according to the slots that we have offered them. Why is it that these people, when they come in here, they don't find the jobs that they have been allotted for? So there's some massive mismanagement on one hand. So it is not the influx of immigrants. We cannot stop that or we may be able to control that and organize that, but we we have to manage it and manage it properly across the uh, the shores of Canada. But the more important thing that Grant has said is, and I'm completely in opposition to that. The coming in of the type of people or pointing out to the type of religion they have, or the type of faith they have, or the type of of creed they have, or the type of caste they have is completely not acceptable. We cannot simply allow people to come in based on a certain belief or a certain religion or a certain type or a certain region. We are a country who has been a neutral country, has been a uh, sympathetic country, has been a kind country. We have people with big hearts. Canadians are known for that and we cannot have a policy which goes out into the world saying that we are discriminating one over the other. If we have seen rallies on our streets in the past few days and if we are Allies with Israel, well and good, we are. But being allies with Israel, if I am an ally with uh, you, it doesn't mean that I will not stop you when doing something wrong. It is my duty as a Canadian, it is my duty as a country, as a Canadian, who is known for a certain character in the world, to behave according to that character. And And Canada will behave according to that.
0: Okay, and because...
2: so, so uh, let me complete that. Sure. So it is important that we understand that having seen violence or aggression on the streets by a certain group does not mean that we make decisions according to those. We are a free country. We have allowed those people to come in and they will say what they have to say. And we must listen to them and we must according. Our Prime Minister goes out and says that I, we are standing israel unconditionally and that all parties all political parties must be friends with israel this is what the prime minister said the cost the uh, the centrist party of canada does not agree with that there's no nothing in the world which is unconditional we have a contract okay. we have an agreement and there are conditions so there's nothing I mean? unconditional Okay, so what I'm what I'm going to do
0: because you did address Grant directly is I'm going to give him an opportunity yeah, to respond to that, and and in fairness, we'll we'll also allow Trish to respond if she wants to after Grant.
3: Well, two issues I think there is one is Khalid's trying to say that uh, our housing issue is not because of demand; it's because of our ability to absorb uh, the people that are coming in. Um, you know that it's a ridiculous assertion. Because, obviously, where is the fine line with what a nation can absorb? We've had very clear models of immigration that we've been able to absorb and enculturate. And uh, we're struggling with with that now. And I think the other thing is that I don't want you to go away, Khalid, and make this a Muslim issue. Because I have all kinds of Muslim friends in this country. And they've lived here for a long time. So it's not an issue with Islam. I'm talking about militant Islam that's seeking to wipe off one of our allies from the ocean. Just put your hand down for a second and you can come back to me. This is a real this is a real issue. And 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 you say that we're a peaceful country. We're actually a country that is based on very clear values. We fought in two world wars to oppose tyranny and repression. We've sent our soldiers over to deal with issues in the Middle East. Um, and our veterans have a view on that. Uh, And they've been dealing with the problems that have been coming out of the Middle East. And my question for you is, if you're so egalitarian about everything, why aren't the Islamic countries engaging a response to the Palestinians? So don't make this a Muslim, Christian, Canadian issue. I, I have a real challenge with that. We need to be discerning and to be be careful about what is coming into our nation in terms of the uh, levels of aggression that we're seeing, especially when our own citizens who are standing up for freedom, they're standing up for a better economy, are being arrested for protesting in the same way. There's a softball response being played by the liberal government because people are afraid to engage this discussion.
0: Okay, go ahead, Trish, and then we'll come back to Khalid.
4: I just wanted to clarify on this point that more is not always better. Uh, We do have a a large landmass, but a lot of it right now is uninhabitable. And under the Conservative government, they were really pushing this high density housing over our green spaces. I think we need quality over quantity um you know we should be focusing on um growing slowly with with good quality individuals wherever they come from you know Canada's built on christian values that's a fact um you know we've had more christian uh, we've had christian pastors uh put in jail just for having church while mosques were open in canada during COVID. we've had christian churches burnt down so there, there is a bit of um you know, a, a, a bit of violence going on that should not be occurring towards um, different communities in, in our Canadian country. So th- it's important that when we are Im- we're focusing on immigration, it's based on skills and a willingness to have the values of a Christian nation, which uh, which are the similar to Islam and similar the judo christian values of of loving your neighbor, and that means avoiding militant, um, you know, types of individuals who have a you know aggressive agenda does. Um, that could harm our nation or other nations. You know, Canada is a land of peace. So we need to protect our green spaces. Uh, we do need to reduce immigration, absolutely. And this is not against any any person coming in. I know we've had record level of refugees and I, I personally uh, can see by the outcomes that that's been reckless and harmful. There is an agenda through Agenda 2030 to increase migration to Western countries. All Western countries have seen a Rapid increase in the number of people flooding across their borders unchecked, and it is increasing crime and violence. That's just a fact. So, uh, Put, like putting uh, putting a stop to the floodgates proper checking for skills checking for values you know whether or not you're christian or you um you have islamic faith or your uh, jewish faith doesn't matter or no faith if you have that in your heart that you will love your neighbor you'll uh, contribute to the economy and you want to contribute to this country because many people are coming in and 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 looking for the welfare state and that okay. is Rating our standard of living as well. So that's right. just what I wanted to say on
0: that. Sure. And Khalid, I know that you wanted to respond to Grant and, and maybe to yeah. Trish too, so go ahead.
2: Yeah. And in general, uh, you know, like we all have our own points of view. Uh, I have been in Canada for 50 years or more, uh, and I know exactly what the fabric of Canada is, the social, the political, and the faith fabric. Uh, so we are very uh, open to to these uh, these concepts. The conflict that we see on the streets in Canada in the, that we have seen in the recent two, three months, a uh, very aggressive uh, show of, uh, of, of uh, uh, displeasure by the people and with the, these processions on the streets and whatever, is not a conflict between religions. It's got nothing to do with Islam and, and the Judaism. I have scores of Jewish uh, friends and some of my family are Jewish and and i think i have more friends uh, who are jewish than are muslims that's got nothing to do with it the conflict is a geographical conflict between a certain part in the middle east uh, against another certain part in the middle east it's got nothing to do with jews or muslims or christians or any one of those jew the, the palestinians are maybe half muslims it is a conflict between two forces canada in our understanding as the centrist party of canada who has a balanced approach is known for being mediators if there's one of our friends going and hitting anybody in the in the universe and we think that the force use of force is not balanced it is our job to say it in the united nations and to say it in the international uh, court and to say it otherwise that we want peace and that's all there is okay I I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let same, the conversation continue and No, can, I think I think we have said enough about yeah, this okay and I think uh, we <laughs> this has got nothing to do with religion unless we draw from there okay. we we are not talking we are Canadians and we are all open in terms of religions and we are we understand all of us understand exactly so, what Canada is right, and so, if we do not then we better go and learn all right, but we are very clear and open in terms of religious but we're not
3: we're not going to allow people to to march around our streets advocating the destruction yeah, sure. of our allies.
2: I understand. That's not I mean, open. That is that is not open and we should have a policy and a process in which without saying that this conflict is a religious conflict it's got nothing to do with it. far from that. It is very far from that religion. It is a geographical conflict, a somewhere in the universe which Canada is taking sides. You know what? And
3: you're and you're this. completely airbrushing the issue if you say No no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm and not. I, I like uh, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to ask Tish a question about her comments about Agenda 2030. I brought it up in the Rogers interview. It was very interesting to see the liberal candidate's response because he rushed up to the mic and said, uh Oh, there's no way there's any agenda 2030 i've never heard of it i've never read it it doesn't exist and i'm just wondering in what universe that uh when you've never heard of anything and it doesn't exist why you would rush up and defend the fact that it doesn't exist it was quite (laughs) hilarious but my question for you was i appreciate the the comment on agenda 2030 and bringing that forward because that is that is in my view as well, one of the corrosive agendas in our country that's undermining the uh, pillars and the values of our nation. And um, when we when we talk about agenda 2030, uh, in relation to immigration, I'd like to ask you what your view is on how immigration fits into agenda 2030 because you've linked them. And yes. I hope you feel safe to answer because I think I'm an ally on this. But I think it's a deeper conversation that Canadians need to have because there clearly is an agenda to deconstruct the values of our nation.
4: Yes. Thank you for asking. And I I feel, you know, we've gotten off track with some of the talk about the religious and I want to I want to make it sure that, you know, our Constitution, everyone is equal under the law, no, no matter your race. Religion or any other factors in Canada. I'm very, that's a very important thing in our country, and I will uphold that. You know, I've lived in Europe and I had friends who fled Tehran, and, you know, I've learned you know, many different languages. But you know, there's a reason why some people are coming to Canada. They're, this uh, violence that's been inflicted on them is unjust, and there's a that's a deeper conversation why it all happened. So my heart goes out to them. But what is happening is is um, under Agenda 2030, which is a real agenda being implemented at a local level through Ikle, under the guise of a climate emergency, allows for loopholes where. Um, countries, Western countries can be flooded with uh, with uh, migrants, whether war or climate, and they're not being screened properly. A lot of them are fighting age males. Um, there, there are some real concerns and there's some parallels to the increase in violence we see in the United States, Europe, and in Canada. You know, Canada is, as I said, built on Christian values and we wouldn't want anything like Sharia law extreme, uh, militant Islam to come into our country. Most uh, Muslims I've met are wonderful, peaceful people, but this is a real agenda and, and it there is a loophole. People's Party will exit from that part of the United Nations. The um, uh allowing migrants to come into the country and i think it's just it's just prudent to check uh screen that people share similar values no matter their background when they're coming into the country but we see the results it's like in the bible matthew says you will know them by their fruits these agendas that are being implemented are causing deliberate harm they're making our citizens and our constituents here poorer, sicker, and more demoralized. And I've seen, I've talked to over 30,000 people, I was called into this role, I felt uh, very deeply called, I have a deep faith in God, And I've listened to heartbreaking stories that whatever the agenda is, is it's massively harming people and it is deliberate. And we see this across Western nations Mm -hmm. and it must stop. And I think by removing the barriers federally with a new party, unfortunately it was the conservatives who signed us onto agenda 2030 with both um, Mulroney, agenda 21 and then agenda 30 was Harper. They Mm -hmm. sold out our country, they signed us up for this climate uh, agenda at a municipal level before that uh climate was weaponized at a federal level you know we all know the story of the ice age okay, happen and, and we'll, we'll wrap it up
0: there and i'm going to throw it back to gail and gail uh i'm going to let you well, take the next can question I, can i just ask one question there before
3: excuse me to what end tish is agenda 2030 why are we having immigration what is the agenda of having an over run of immigration into the country that's the deeper question to what end is there a destabilize are you ins, are you asserting a destabilizing force in in terms of military-age yep. men in your comments okay
4: well, based on based on what we've seen already with the data, and you can only look at the data, and then what is actually uh, reported through the government. Absolutely, it's uh, it's intentional destabilization of our nations, and that's why we need people to oppose it at all levels, federal, provincial, and local. And that's why i pursued the federal role because i think i'll be able to remove some of the barriers help us exit from the u.n exit from the paris climate accord um hold health canada accountable for some of the things they've done to contribute to to making our uh, population sicker you know i had a um i had a big event it was packed and i did invite dr paul alexandra Dr. Chris Shoemaker, uh, whose voices have been silent, So I think that we can course correct when people step into courage, we uphold our law and we, um we have a debate with with different uh professionals for both climate and with covid covid the covid agent the covid experience uh implemented uh things that caused great harm to our to our people and i think we need to investigate that further as
1: well
0: okay and and i'll i'll let khalid respond I'm, of course is that okay with you gail yeah or... uh, I. um uh, and i think we're gonna he... wrap
2: up this topic but let's if, if you can
1: just Robert. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to
2: wind it up. It is uh, disappointing. And I am actually very disappointed in in the type of conversation that's gone on in the past few minutes. Uh, this is not a religious platform. The mention of the Sharia law and the mention of the Jewish people and the mention of the Muslims and the influx of all this is not something that should have been on this platform. I have to say this and I want this to be put on record. Um, I will not say anything. We are Canadians. We believe in neutrality of thought. We believe in sympathy and faith to each other, to all faiths to be open, and we do not believe. I agree that violence is not a solution to anything. I agree that violence should not be imported into the country. I agree that if we start importing roots of violence into this country, we'll have problems in the future. That is agreed but for people's party and for united party to take this platform to put on their agenda and to propagate that discussion between themselves is not acceptable uh, so i will not i will not okay all right i will not say anything okay. in response to any of those i yeah. can i have a lot of knowledge and you know but, <laughs> I, I, but I will something. not say that i will keep the peace on yeah and i will just withdraw from that discussion i but i did not like it the taste is not good in my mouth thank you i,
1: I just want to interject because i think what you the points you made are very valid and i think after listen everyone what i want to do is wrap up a little bit because what i heard were some common points and uh and i think the other point i wanted to make is someone who spent a lot of time listening on these topics and i knew this topic might be a hot button one at the same time this is something that people are talking about on the streets. And we have a somewhat, I think, good mm-hmm. place here to have some of these discussions, Khaled. So I I, I I, hear what you're saying that, you know, what I've witnessed as of many years as a journalist, one thing I've always said is that, you know, there are good journalists, bad journalists. There are good people in certain religions and there are bad people. And, and they're in every, whatever group you want to name someone, not everybody is good in that religion not everybody is bad right so I what I want to go back we to can,
2: we can have we can have a discussion on religion someday and all yes, of us can yes, be or there or and that that'll be a hot one but uh, i'll be I'll right be ready now. to come in but at this in this and, discussion on this platform that is not the the way I'm going to take, we are talking Canada, and I love Canada. So that's, yeah, that's I, I,
1: I think that's, we well,
2: all do. Are
3: you serious? We all love
2: Canada. That's why yeah, we're, I know, we're running. I know, I know, so I know we, we do. So this, I know air, we do. Away. Us, but but that's Hamas, fine. That's
3: fine. Hamas it happens, and Hezbollah uh, exist, and that's why they're protesting outside. I, I don't even Jewish want news. to
2: mention those people. You know, who are yeah, they? I don't know. I'm a Canadian. I don't know them. Me too. That's what's happening. We don't know them. They're geographical issues. All right, and these back yeah. to be back. Gail, now they've come to Canada, and, and we'll, and no, we'll no, move on. I have
1: on. to get some mics, Rick, just so I can continue. Because what I yes. want to get to is the common points. Because the question is, what is your, what was the policy in immigration? Each of you did address it, and I think it's good to come back to what is the commonality and what some of the things I heard were really around the process, right? And uh and we have two of the main parties, you know, the parties that aren't here tonight to really address some of this as well. And and I think that's a good point you brought up, Greg, that, you know, if um if we're gonna have these discussions, you know, even though they're difficult ones, uh we've we've had just some conversations right now. And and this is one of the problems is that as soon as you bring up immigration, it gets into difficult conversations. At the same time though, I will say this. We need to have those difficult conversations and they're not happening, which is causing more problems. So I wanna give credit to someone like Rick for, he's had some very difficult times because he's like me, he believes in free speech with some boundaries though. There has to be some boundaries. As much as I'm a free speech person, I I think you have to have some boundaries that we don't go into areas that can really, you know, increase or encourage hate or violence towards anyone, right? But what I want to go back to is some of the points because I think this needs to come up when we're talking about an pending election. Is things like you know process, um, and I think Grant you had brought up about you know connecting housing to immigration policy. Tish, you mentioned looking at you know the management. So, and I think Helen, you I'm I I pronouncing your name wrong. I'm sorry. I practice it beforehand too. <laughs> But coming up with ways to deal, instead of saying no, we spend a lot of time, I think too much time sometimes talking about the problem and not enough about the solution. So I'm I'm going to soon turn it back over to Rick, because to, I think that's what we need to get to when we're talking about elections. I know I'm, I always come from that idea of curiosity. We need to, A, talk about these things, but we need to look at solutions and not what the problem is Um, because that seems to be firing everybody up but it's not getting us to where
0: we need to get to so 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 what's our next question
4: yes we really we i have i have a hard stop at one point i am a mother and it's been a long campaign
1: so let's keep going let's um i have more about something about manufacturing. But why don't, Rick, do you want to ask one of your questions? No, you
0: keep going. You you've got um, the list and those are the hot the, the main ones. Okay, let's, so, let's
1: go let's to something. <laughs> I work yeah. in manufacturing. One of the questions I want to ask about is the ban on plastic straws, plastic bags, the idea of banning plastics. So this is while it's a very you know narrow topic, it also impacts the broader manufacturing sector. So I would like each of your thoughts on what is your thoughts on the banning of uh, the initial it's plastics and then um, bags, but any thoughts on uh, on that? And, and if you're, if this isn't an area of expertise, we can pass it on to someone else who has, well, I, let's I know. start
0: with Grant. And this is, you know, an environmental question, I guess as much as anything else, <laughs> uh, not just business, but go ahead, Grant. Well, I just think that we
3: need to have a, a serious discussion about a continuity of a plan because um, I went through a drive through the other day and I got a paper straw, uh, that used to be, ha- have a drink, uh, that was a paper cup. And now I'm getting paper straws with fully plastic cups. Um, you know, so oh. we, we might've saved a little bit of plastic uh, being produced in a straw, but now they're using cups. So, um, it, it just doesn't seem to make sense. I think it's, uh, it's very much an issue that we want to engage and take care of, but it's, you know, there's such bigger discussions about the environment that we need to have uh, beyond straws and cups. And I'm not saying it's not important, um, but this discussion about our environment, I think as Tisha said about getting out of the Paris Climate Accord, I agree with that. We need to have these bigger environmental discussions and actually assess again, a part of a broader economic strategic plan. What is our response to climate? I'm not invalidating Uh, the effects of climate change. I still and continue to question the actual contribution of humanity to climate change. And I'm quite suspicious about the agenda. I think it's woven in to agenda 2030 as well in terms of uh, why Canadians are getting poorer uh, and why we're having this ridiculous agenda. You know, um, the reality is in Alberta when we had our super cold weather, the first thing that the government said to the Albertans was, "Don't plug in your car." Uh, so, you know, this issue of uh, support and the grid and uh, the well-being of Canadians has to be assessed in relation to the broader discussion about the environment and our ability to steward it properly. So, uh, I just think we need a deeper look. We're looking, we're dealing with cliches on a lot of these issues without actually interrogating this carbon agenda uh as the environmental threat
0: okay Uh, Trish go ahead
4: well, uh, yeah, I'm going to answer this sort of in terms of the the questions that were sent, the one on uh, climate as well, uh, local and, and uh, you know, the climate agenda. I mean, I have to say I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. I've written two books, a deep knowledge into, um, you know, how we can clean up our air, soil and water. And I do believe pollution is an issue. Um, yeah. And I'm a big thank you so much. <laughs> um, you know, I see how the toxicity in our food and additives that's going unregulated. When it comes to things like plastic, yeah, we are, we could do a lot better with recycling. A lot of the plastics aren't recyclable right now. Um, there's a lot of ways that we could support, uh, you know, better quality. Food. For example, bringing back manufacturing to Canada then you could have better quality uh, produce uh, instead of everything breaking down every year or two. So there's ways that we can use less and, and have things last longer when it comes to the climate agenda. I do take a strong stand, I, uh, you know, carbon is less than 0.04% of atmospheric gases. I think Dr. Patrick Moore, who's a great Canadian, co of Greenpeace, uh, he takes a strong stand, his CO2coalition.org website is excellent. You know, clim- climate does always change and it can get hotter, can get cooler. A little warming is good for a cl- uh, pl- uh, number of people on our, our planet, because we can produce more food and uh, human activity contrib- is, is negligible at best. So we shouldn't be taxing the air we breathe to change the weather. I take a strong stand. Also, why is carbon now the enemy? There's so many different uh, po- real pollutants like glyphosate and astrazine. We should be worried about our bee population, about cleaner food. We should investigate uh, GM- GMO foods and if they are healthy for us. And better ways uh, to clean up our air, soil, and water. You okay. know, improve our topsoil. That those sort of things will help us, I think. And um, I think if people have a, a mindset to be good stewards of our environment, I you know, and again. I really take a strong stand to protect our green spaces. That means we don't need to recklessly grow our population, or we could go it slower. And we should always protect our green spaces. So, um, I'm a really big uh, steward of the environment, and I think everyone should be.
2: Khalid. Yeah, there we go. We got an expert lecture on uh, on the <laughs> environment. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Trish. Yeah, I, I I agree with the with the fact that uh, we are um, we need to control. We need to control our habits and our methods and our processes that we use in our social, uh, you know, everyday life. And that has a major effect. But the question is, is there, uh, I have a very sinister feeling. I have a feeling that behind this whole scene, when you see, like Grant said, um, in the market uh, a cup, which is plastic, and a straw, which is more important to be plastic, uh, uh, of of, of paper, which, uh, which actually collapses halfway through the cup, why is it like there's something wrong somewhere in the back there's something which is happening which is not correct our economy and our financial system and the contracts that we give out are not balanced we are not being honest to ourselves so my own take on this is that we have to stop spending money on on things that are not canadian we cannot go out of the canadian borders and give and dish out money and then come back and say, oh, sorry, we don't have enough budget for you to put you out of the streets, or we don't have enough budget to care for our environment. And we cannot, you know, that will not work. We have to bring the money back down into the municipalities, into the cities for them to be able to decide how they will organize and uh, and process their, their needs. And how this whole conglomerate of cities and, and municipalities across Canada will come up to a conclusion. So rather than coming from up to the to down, from top to bottom, we need to go from the roots up to the top to make a collective effect. And and that has needs a very genuine and very aggressive policy on the federal level. Okay. And that's I what wanna, Central Park is I, going to want.
0: I, I do want to move on and it's it's sort of related to what we were talking about before I think in a way loosely to immigration maybe not not so loosely the funding of the wars in Ukraine and Gaza um I can't remember who we're supposed to start with first but I'll 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 throw that to you Khalid
2: uh yeah Ukraine Russia and Ukraine have a conflict we are interested in ukraine because all the phosphate comes from there all the fertilizers are being affected because of the ukraine war so there's an issue then there's the uh, favorite hamas uh, israel uh, conflict a purely geographical contra- conflict and we are taking sides with one or the other the question is we have to mend our own house first why are we going out beyond and and See the important thing is that these are the two conflicts that we are siding with, but there's so many others. There's so many other genuine conflicts that are there that we are not paying any heed to. And as a standard policy, in one conflict we are we are we are we are favouring one party; in the other conflict, we are favouring an exactly opposite party. With no principles in place, we have to have a foreign policy which is stable, which is balanced, and which is fair and that of course the interest of canada stands first we have to look into our present and the future and to build our international policy accordingly but still our policies at the moment uh internationally are not fair or not balanced we need to amend that and centers if canada will do that
0: okay grant uh i think uh
3: mr putin's been very clear for a long long time about the encroachment whenever the berlin wall came down russia entered into an arrangement with the nato countries that there would always be a buffer zone um that position was held for a long time there's been constant encroachment uh by uh nato and the eu into eastern europe I think that he has been incremental in his diplomatic policy with regard to that issue. I do find it interesting that one of the first things that Russia did when this uh, conflict escalated was uh, destroy 13, or was it 11, I'm not sure, bioweapons labs that had been set up. Uh, my instinct is that this is, uh, is more of a proxy war than we actually think. And I think that to identify uh, what's going on in Palestine and with Israel as a geographical war is another airbrushing by uh, Mr. Qureshi here because Hamas and Hezbollah are funded by Iran and the entire agenda of the Iranian regime at the moment is to see Israel and the Jews removed from the earth. And I, I just cannot accept that air kind of uh, airbrushing and to, to still it down to a geographical war is disgusting and i am a canadian there's the truth so um, i think we need to probably just agree to a disagree on that but that representation is is ridiculous
0: okay trish
4: my my um My perspective uh, when elected will be to uh, protect all human life and promote peace. I have taken a deep dive learning into the uh, conflict with Russia-Ukraine. I do see that there was a a breaking down of the Minsk agreement. Uh, Russia tried many times uh, to negotiate peace even uh, at the last minute. NATO forces uh, encroaching and then again uh, almost negotiate peace. We don't have um, all the facts in that conflict like a lot of others. There's been skirmishes all over Azerbaijan. It's just not reported in the news. If Canada was always having to take a side, it's sometimes very gray Who's where's right and wrong. So I will protect all life. I think it's a tragedy in the Middle East. I think the loss of the lives of the children in Palestine, and uh, that is unconscionable human loss. But And I, I do uh, hope very much and will advocate for peace in the Middle East for a settlement. I know the Abraham Accords came close and I think all life should be protected. So I think there's, there's a lot of wrongdoing um, in the Middle East and I don't think it's quite so clear. And I, my heart goes out to those who've been affected both uh, Jewish, uh, deaths through to brutality and the Palestinian lives lost. So mm-hmm. I will take a path of peace when elected, protect
0: all life. Okay. Khalid, you can respond.
2: I'm sorry. I wanted to stay quiet, but, Grant's comment was, uh, uh needs a response. Uh, I completely disagree uh the uh, the conflict in the middle east is not a religious con- conflict you, you're connecting it to iran but you're not connecting it to saudi arabia or iraq or israel or or to, to 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 syria and others or to maybe to indonesia and pakistan and all those countries who are muslim countries uh you're not looking at that point if you're just looking at iran which is uh, not not a very active uh, partner so we're listening listening to all this news from the us and we're listening to one side, and we're making decisions on the uh, a partisan decision. I do not agree. This is not a religious conflict. But, Grant, you can keep your cont- uh, your your opinion. And if your party has the same opinion, then I'm not very, uh, you know, I'm discouraged with that. Yeah. But generally, as a Canadian, I we know that you're a Canadian, and you're a very true Canadian. So am I, and so is everybody else. And we will stay on. But uh, our, our, our stance has to be neutral. Our stance has to be something which is more... Uh, just than what we are doing, uh, you know. On uh, two, there's two parties fighting. On one side, there's about two thousand people killed, and the other, in two months, forty thousand people killed, out of which ten thousand are children. So anyway, I'll I'll stop here, and I'm not. I'm going to stay. Uh, I'll keep my own view. You can keep yours, and thank you. Okay. All
0: right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to Gail, so we can move on to the next question, it's because I don't want to get into re-regurgitating or rehashing. Uh, information that we've already kind of visited so can we move on to, to something new here Gil? yeah
1: this one is uh this is an issue that came up uh i'm in the uh windsor area so um wondering what your thoughts are or your positions are on the role of an mp with the role of the municipality and how you might work with them um or not i guess so the one question would be do you believe on this is on the housing File. Do you believe mis- municipalities should allow as of right in order to collect on federal funding for housing? Um, everybody aware of that? I don't know. I want to ask because I I mean, the as of right would allow for uh, a, uh, people to build um, up to four units without having to go through any um, any approval process.
0: Are you guys all familiar with that? Is is that a fair... Is it, is I don't it have I, got
4: I got different questions sent to me. Just uh, is there, or these are just ad hoc extra questions
1: now or? Uh, I, I, th- I think because
0: of some things that happened in the news, some yeah. some, some oh, okay. of this stuff was added okay. in.
1: If that's um, specific, I, I, that may be too specific, Rick, and I don't. Yeah, just, I, I
0: think it's, maybe it's 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 a, maybe a little cheap. unfair to uh, to throw yeah. that that at them tonight, Gail. So can we just move on to, to something else from the list?
1: Maybe let's, this is something that's very big in the news right now is the yeah. online uh, bill C, whatever, 63, 63 the online yes. card. Yes. So, this is happening right now. It's about the issue around censorship, around, uh you know, what will be allowed in terms of speech. So uh, it is a live issue right now. And if you are elected, I'm sure that, you know, since the election is coming up, you'll be uh, at the table and if you are discussing this so um, or wants to comment on this and what your uh, what your position would be in terms of uh, uh, discussing this uh
0: this act go ahead Trish you can start.
4: Okay, great. Well, I, you know, this is a good a segue into the whole uh, topic of individual and collective rights. Because, you know, when you have all these, uh, these bills, I mean, these censorship bills, I will oppose all of them, it's it's caused catastrophic damage to not have open and respectful debate in Canada. So Bill C, C11, and now Bill C63, I'll also stand against the digital ID and, and digital central bank digital currency that could be be tied to a social credit score, which would, you know, give uh, ultimate control into, you know, our, uh, you know, corrupt government, and you know, push us to adhere to a certain narratives and p- be punitive if we're not. Just like occurred during COVID with vaccine passports and you know, bankers, uh, truckers having their bank closed. But that specific bill, I will absolutely vote no on and and um, oppose it. If absolutely, and I think what we need in Canada, part of the polarization, I do, you know, fault the media, our, our, our mainstream media has been fueling polarization, uh, fear mongering to Canada, and I think we they need to start doing their job of reporting truth, reporting sincerely, and also reporting hope. There needs to be more hope given these opportunities for unification. So these sort of bills, I will absolutely oppose all sorts of censorship. I mean, the foundation of all democracy is built on free speech. When you take away free speech and free dialogue, now, just like Khalid, Danielle, we have a conversation, we all don't agree, we have different perspectives, but we can have a respectful debate and that's important for a functioning uh, democracy. So I will absolutely oppose that and other government overreaches.
0: Okay, so this is the third major piece of legislation to come forward from the Liberal government on on you know addressing risks and problems online censorship, child pornography. That's what C sixty three, according to the Liberals, is supposed to be about. But you think that this is about something other than just addressing child pornography?
4: I mean, I'll just add, uh, then I'll let others, is that, I, you know, I'd have to look at the full uh, the, the full bill. And again, a lot of times and the, the, the Conservatives started to make these bills really long. I interviewed uh, uh, Randy Hillier on my podcast, Tish Talk, last year, and he said MPs and MPPs don't even read the bills. The party just tells them how to vote. That's how bad it's gotten in Canada. So we need shorter bills that, that address one topic. And uh, a number of people said it would allow um, for digital ID is to use internet. I mean, it, 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 it might sound good, but until you read the bill uh, through and, and, and get a good sense of what what underhanded things are they trying to push through. Like Bill C-4, for example, uh, remove parental rights and has caused chaos in the schools. Now, a lot okay, of the and We, we can come back to that good. because
0: I, I do want to talk about uh, traditional family values and so on, but I'll throw it over to, uh, to Khalid. To, to respond to Bill C-63, the online harms bill, which is brand new, um, just days ago.
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's uh, strange that we have a bill like that in here, um, putting any condition, any restriction on on speech, on free speech. Free speech or free opinion is the base, uh, is, is, is the groundwork of our uh, system that we have. Uh, but more importantly, uh, every country and every, every environment has their own level of intelligence. You know, for example, in Durham, we are one of the seven most intelligent uh, communities in the world. It's very really strange that in Canada, where we, our intelligence level is very high compared to other areas, uh, not the best in the world, but still acceptable.
0: Can, can, can I get you at, at the risk of interjecting? Can Can I get you to explain what you mean by that? That the seventh yeah. most intelligent.
2: Yeah, I heard. I heard yesterday. By on on on, I was researching on the internet and says that Durham is one of the most, uh, one of the most seven intelligent communities in the world, not the regions communities. So so, which shows that there's people around. And I don't know who's doing this analysis. I would uh, maybe challenge you to go into it. But if I find the full sources, I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, anyway, we can we can extract that. But I'm very proud to say that. That's why I'm saying it in Durham in canada having an intelligence or an iq level which is higher than uh, many areas why would we put a restriction or a or a, or a control on on speech we have had a free speech and we have had free speech very successfully in here and when we say child pornography yeah okay but then are we going to stop open discussion on it so uh, yeah my opinion is that uh, there's no way that we can accept anything which is uh, uh, intercepting free speech in Canada,
0: Grant, I, what, what's your I view? I just
4: want to interject about the intelligence. I think he could be, I think, Chris, you could be talking about, um, it's sort of a digital transformation that Durham was ranked really high. So digital intelligence, um, not human intelligence.
0: I don't <laughs> know. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I, think we're getting into, off into, <laughs> into the weeds here. Grant can you <laughs> okay. maybe bring it back onto the, onto the main drag and, uh, and talk about bill, this new bill well uh, this
3: new bill is a part of a series of uh, again chipping away at our civil liberties in this country Um, we have to put this agenda in the context of what the liberal government has told us already they've told us that canada will be a first the first post nation state which means that our sovereignty is being migrated to somewhere else by someone else and uh, I think when Justin Trudeau said that back in 2015 or 16 or whenever it was, no one really knew what that meant. Um, that is a, a change in the social contract with Canadians and our government. People need to understand that. A lot of the, the things that have happened and that we've seen in terms of uh, the overreach of government, big government, the, uh, the passing of Bill C-4 in terms of parental authority, the, yeah, the primacy of parental authority, religious freedom um, are rooted in this change to the foundational values of this country. We're seeing it as a discussion in relation to what Justin Trudeau meant when he said that there's going to be a reset. Um, that's an issue. Uh, there's another issue with regard to foreign interference in this country. We actually had a liberal MP come out in uh, 2020 after a report was issued by the uh, security committee within the government. And he went on YouTube to tell Canadians about how extensive the breaches were in our foreign interference. We have a government right now in the, in the liberal government that is that is compromising the integrity of this nation. I'm gonna say that, it, that what I'm seeing from a legal perspective is actually treasonous unless it's brought to the to a platform in an election so that people understand what a post nation state means or what a or or what a reset means um, it's completely unacceptable that these changes are happening to the fabric of our country um, there was not a referendum on it there are minority government making these changes these are the deep issues that actually weave together the things that uh, Tish is talking about here, why we're struggling around the, uh, the heightened uh, supply of immigration, um, why we're talking about censorship of the Canadian people, why we're struggling with economic issues because we're sending all our money over, overseas. There's a clear destabilization of our country. This is just another dot in the picture uh, that we need to connect in terms of what is really going on in this nation and this is the thing uh, forget all the other conversation that we've had tonight I think the most important thing in this conversation is that we're we're looking at a block we're looking at a group of people in Canada who are simply saying we're not happy with the Liberal government and uh, and let's let's bring some more apples home and let's put more money in our pockets the truth is the conservative comp government, the Conservative Party, whether it's Aaron O'Toole or Andrew Scheer or Pierre Polyev in three elections, and three leadership elections have never engaged these issues once. They're the most low hanging fruit with the highest bounty of political benefit and they haven't engaged it. They haven't talked about it. Why? Why not? And uh, my premise is that they are taking this country That's over true. a cliff edge to the loss of our sovereignty, the migration of our people and our freedom into a framework that is globalist. And no one is having this conversation unless we actually engage and have this conversation. We're actually going to risk losing our country. And people need to wake up to this conversation.
0: And that's what I where I wanted to take it next anyway. We are seeing deep divisions within the, the country, culture wars, um, disagreements over everything from climate change to family values we're seeing uh, the rise of separatist movements both in western canada and i think in quebec as well so what would you guys do to try to bring the country back together and save the country or do you think it should be saved are you even considering the possibility of of breaking the country up because i know that there are some parties that that do advocate for that. So Trish, I'll start with you.
4: Wow. These are totally different questions, but I'm I'm happy to answer them. I mean, it brings me back to when I was participating in the Freedom uh, Convoy. I was there many weekends. Um, You know, I had lost my business. I was, uh, I was deleted off LinkedIn, which was my 25,000 followers. I effectively lost my business during COVID. So I went and joined the freedom movement and there, I had the most incredible conversations with people, people who had been separatists in Quebec said, you know what, I love you guys, it's not you, it's the government separatists in, in Western canada who said, you know what? Hey, we're all pretty great. Aren't we have a, don't we have a great country? It was the most wonderful, loving experience. And I I am a, a strong advocate for the unity of our country and I always will be when elected. And I think we have the divisiveness, divisiveness in our media is what we need to, to stop. And within our government as well, you know, calling uh, Part of what creates divisiveness as well is, is the policies of division, which include DEI. Diversity, equity, inclusion is anything but fair. It's reverse racism and discrimination, and we have to just start looking at people for the quality of their character and their merit when it comes to things. A lot of these uh, pandering to special interest groups has caused fuel division, and we have to start u- creating policies that unify everybody. So you know, there's there's deep divisions within media. Uh, But uh, I'm a strong believer in the country and I believe this country is great. I want to help rebuild this country. I want to help rebuild uh, through um, regaining our manufacturing sector, which will provide jobs People are united when there's jobs, reopening our energy sector, maybe uh, equalizing some of the transfer payments over time. Um, you know, I love our Western uh, part of Canada. It's a strong uh, conservative part of Canada. I love the French aspect. I, I speak French, and my first job was in Quebec. I think that the, the beautiful landscape, and I think that this country has a lot more uh, to, to gain by standing united. Than anything else, and I think a lot of these separatist movements are fueled by economic frustration, um, by you know not 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 having a, a job, not not being listened to, not having a voice. And I think if we can give people a voice and allow for open discussion on all forums. And look for ways to unite the country through policies and through economic prosperity. I think we'll have a great future ahead of us.
0: Okay, and the reason you're getting some different questions is because we're into the second half of the program, and I'm looking in the chats across all the platforms and Thank you. kind, no, of, kind no of responding to what anything. people are saying. And um, and Khalid, I'll I'll let you respond to the question as well. I, I
1: just want to add to. I just want to add this as, as a journalist who's done debates like you don't always get the question in advance and in politics you got to be ready to answer no that's
4: fine, no, that's fine. I, that's I'm happy order. to answer that one I'm a huge promoter of Canada so yeah. yeah that's fine and
0: we're here to facilitate discussion not just have people sit there and read from a sheet of paper too so Khalid take it away it's all yours
2: yeah um the center society of Canada has uh, one of the basic three principles is unity across Canada and that unity is our prime motive west to east north to south we have to be one canada and there's no other way there's no option so the reason uh and and we have been seeing some 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 problems some some uh, tearing in the fabric of uh, the of, of the social structure of canada um also on political but mostly social um and that has to be mended and and i agree with the fact that it, it stems down and trickles down from uh, finances our mismanagement of finances in the past uh, number of decades, we have been going down slowly. Our ethical codes have been p- being polluted. Our ethical codes are sort of uh, losing control, and, and and the management of fi- funds is is something that is going down and creating problems for the people. So, finance control up at the federal level, going down into the into the basics, into the roots of the people, has to be done, and and and. And of course, in, in plain terms, providing jobs and, and improving businesses and increasing our uh, our investment into the, into the people rather than outside the country. And also that we should start using our natural resources and increase industry. We do not have an industrial country. We have all the resources and all the uh, opportunity and all the manpower and the intelligence that we can use to in, increase our industry and open borders you know we are open to the pacific ocean we are open to the atlantic ocean and still we do not have the products and the uh, commodities to export where we have all the opportunity so that is all there is and centrist party believes in the unity of canada as a primary principle
0: thank you okay and where is the united party of canada on this grant
3: well um i'm a i'm definitely a federalist i love this country i think that for a long time we've been working off of uh uh, the understanding of the nation as it was framed in 1867 that was upper and lower canada plus the maritimes and then the west was opened up and the way that that happened economically was that the west became a subsidization uh product for central canada the nation has now grown up Uh, it's not really probably a very happy conversation in quebec and ontario because it's uh, they're the primary recipients of wealth that's being transferred from the, the west this is a very clear uh, issue uh, and the numbers are very obvious um, we have to mature into a deeper conversation western canada cannot be a colony of a colony i set this discussion into a much bigger discussion about constitutional reform the discussion around equalization payments how the country works electoral reform these are these are big issues. We have so many issues in this country. I want to see a Canada where we are one people, one blood, one nation. And and this this uh, this uh, reality of these different interests and uh, reverse discrimination that we're seeing in our country, we want to move away from that. I'm very much I'm very much resonate with uh, Tish's spirit in terms of peace and what Canada is, we want to be we want to have peace through strength we don't want to be victims in this nation to other bully nations the arctic is an issue i think we need to talk about i want to see a nation that has a strong military that can serve overseas and actually defend us if we need it um i i think this issue in relation to western canada and this is a deeper question i think you're asking rick about regionalization um there is a desperate discontentment in western canada with what we've seen from this liberal government um one of the reasons that this party has been formed is because we're not we don't have political parties in this country that are actually addressing this issue coming out of western canada we can talk about freedom uh all you want the conversation has moved on even from the from the formation of the PPC. And I think this is where I need to speak with Maxine Bernier about this because it's not enough now uh, in a maturing nation like we're in, in just to talk about freedom and libertarianism. We have much deeper, deeper issues to engage uh, in relation to our nation and Western regionalism is a is a profoundly significant issue. I feel like uh, when I talk to people on the street here in Ontario about this, there's kind of this vague uh, notion of the West being kind of unhappy, but hopefully it'll just go away and they won't do anything about it. I'm starting to think that the way forward in this discussion, there's a famous saying in, in law, uh, and, and, and don't take this literally, but the, it's, a, it's a, like a 16th century saying, it says contracts without swords are meaningless. And what that means is, unless there's a real, a real uh, threat to the parties in a union that make people take notice and soberly engage a discussion, it doesn't happen. And I'm not suggesting a militancy or an uprising. I'm actually, think, I'm actually saying that one of the reasons I'm here tonight is because we need to take a higher valued position in our, in our nation so that we don't descend into those situations because the threat of that is actually real and I'll tell you that because there is a there is a militant component within our nation that given the undermining of the nation that we've seen with the liberal government and the inability of our key parties to actually stand up and speak to those issues that people are having to be curtailed from actually taking issues into their own hands some of them are leaving the country there's a, there's an exit of this of this in the country. We've got to deal with this issue. I think that this regionalization, uh, regionalism conversation is actually a really important conversation because, in it, in within it, in in the sense that there's a credible threat of Western Canada saying, you know what, we're going to pick up sticks and draw a line at the Manitoba border. Goodbye. We're sick of subsidizing uh, Quebec and Ontario with our with our resources, which is the reality in the last since 1960, and. Um, I think if we actually have that conversation, we can actually reforge this, con- this country so that it's set up for the next 150 years. So I am a federalist, I wanna see Canada stay together, but unless we have these conversations and actually deal with these deeper issues now, um, I think the country's seriously in peril across it. When we've, we've talked about a number of threat issues now in the nation tonight and um, this, these all come to a, well, may come to a head in different ways. And I'm trying to have the discussion to get ahead of it. I am I am I've been a, my family's been a conservative party uh, voter all our lives. But I can see now in the chemistry of our nation, I think this is what the PPC is saying as well. Um, the chemistry of our nation, we are having superficial, shallow end conversations about what the real issues are that are causing Canadians to be disgruntled. And unless we actually have start to have these conversations about our sovereignty, the protection of our borders and our people, us coming together and fusing as one people, one blood, one nation, uh, and we start to deal with these things that are causing the disunity. Uh, the, the press is only a is only a propaganda component of what is actually a corroding the value system of our framework and is what is creating the imbalance. I have been so interested and grateful to speak with people in the Durham constituency about this because there is there actually is an awareness of these issues more broadly and they are starting to think about it and process it the ones that are are having these conversations and um, and I actually am I'm encouraged because I'm seeing a huge discontentment with the liberal NDP uh, kind of partnership, although it looks like it's going to go on now. Uh, But there's also a a radical dissatisfaction with the Conservative Party because they know that there are shallow discussions happening that aren't really addressing the issues. There's There's a curating, an electioneering curating, which is going on to preserve their position because... They simply believe they have they that it's their election to lose, and they can't risk having these conversations because they have been completely acting uh, in omission to have these conversations. And so, uh, this regionalization issue is linked into the threat to our nation. It's linked into the economic policies that are being implemented. It's linked into this Agenda 2030 uh, discussion and we seriously need to connect the dots to have these conversations.
0: Okay, and we are, the the clock is ticking here, so I'm just gonna ask Gail, is there anything else that uh, you think we we need to to address here before we go to the wrap-up comments from everyone?
1: No, I think this has been uh, an interesting discussion to hear from everyone, and the only comment, I I have to agree that, you know, not having some of the other candidates here, is maybe not the best. However, I do think that the people who showed up tonight, uh, it says a great deal about uh, each of you and also that we were able to have this conversation and even if everybody didn't agree on everything. So I think that's a good sign because it means we're all talking about things that uh, about the need for change, it seems. I think that's a a common theme that we're hearing is a need for change. So
0: over to you and um, I just want to let everybody know that this, this program will be reposted across other social media platforms as well, where live streaming is not available, but it, it will be posted far and wide. And you guys, you, the candidates are free to use this material in any way you would like as well. So if you want to cut it up and use clips from it, uh, you can you can certainly do that freely. And now we will go to final comments from each of our our guests uh, Khalid um go ahead uh, where where are we at tonight with the centrist party oh make sure that you've unmuted your mic your your microphone is muted
2: yeah well thank you for inviting us here and uh, it's nice to have a good discussion with Dish and Grant and uh, Gail and you Richard um the centrist party believes in uh, primarily two prime two basic things financial transparency and honesty, and national unity. And these are the two prime pillars of the Centre Party of Canada. So we'll move on that, and uh, I wish uh, the best uh, to all the parties in this election, and let's see how it goes on. And even beyond this election, we'll continue to interact and, and, and exchange thoughts and see how we move on in the interest of Canada. Thank you. Excellent.
0: And Tish, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to thank everyone as well and enjoyed the conversation. I think there are no, it's not as simple, there's not simple solutions, but there really is a way. There is a road back for Canada. I firmly believe that, and it, it it's bringing manufacturing back, putting our Canadian sovereignty first, respecting the in, rights of the individual, um, upholding the rule of law. You know, bringing back morality. Um, it, you know, back to our country. You know, and and, and as uh, as it says in the Bible, learning to love your neighbor. So, uh, we have to start caring for our communities again. And what I lost you know, to take a stand was significant in my life, but it it pales in comparison to what could happen if people don't take a stand for our country. And that's why people have over the course of the last few years grown to trust me. I've nurtured unity, open discussion, debate. Sometimes we didn't agree just like Khalid today and even Grant and I not on everything. And I think it's very important that you learn how to have a discussion where you disagree and you do it civilly. Uh, what I promised in this campaign, people really like the commitment to restore parental rights. I'm pro family, it's very important. And uh, we have a death government, it promotes death. We have the, one of the highest rates of suicide now, the biggest thing we boast about is the MAID stats, medically assisted and dying. We need to promote life, we need to promote families, we need to give young couples the opportunity to have children, all of these things um, I will support. And I also will reduce the immigration how to solve the housing and healthcare crisis. And I think as an MP, one of the questions you asked Gail was you know, how will you interact with the municipality? But overwhelmingly, people want lower immigration. I do need to carry forward that to Parliament. I think we should have a referendum right now. The Liberal government even in the 80s reduced immigration when we were in similar economic chaos. But I'm also going to protect the green spaces and will very much oppose net zero policies because we have a rich uh, farming communities in Durham so I really want to go forward. I've written a number of books. You know, I'm an emotional intelligence trainer. I've helped companies build thriving teams, learning yes. how to create, create and problem solving and uh, different things. So I want to help our community be healthier, happier and more prosperous. And all this can be done by removing federal barriers um, and promoting a healthy lifestyle here in Durham, holding some of our government uh, bodies accountable for gross government overreach I think that also needs to occur and it hasn't I can tell you I used to vote conservative because I have a small business I cannot Tolerate um, a, a, a opposition that votes with the Liberals and NDP on almost everything that is not a true opposition already. Just the uh, yesterday, have wants to send over more money and more weapons to Ukraine, which is unbelievable. Instead of uh, helping to negotiate peace, we have far too many people yeah. perishing in these conflicts. So yeah. I will well. I will make sure in Durham that we focus on a Canada first policies and Durham first. Okay. and it, i think it's going to be a good
0: a good outcome for All ppc right. and grant uh, united party of canada wrap up
3: yeah thank you uh well look i'd like to see our country reconnected to the founding principles which are the supremacy of god and the rule of law and actually link our value framework back into that because we're not having the discussions that we need to have because we have a moral vacuum right now in this country so there needs to be a linking up there I, need, I will work to see the threat to our nation dismantled. As the leader of a federal party, we are looking to build MPs across this country. We're targeting 250 for the next general election. This agenda is seeking to be implemented from coast to coast. And this is something that uh, I believe we need to to be talking about these issues that we've touched on tonight. We need to be talking about, we need to restore the strength of this nation. We need to return our sovereignty to our people. We need to ensure that freedom is secured. And you know, I, I always appreciate Tisha's comments because she identifies clearly where she's coming from in terms of her perspective. And I never really do because I don't like talking about myself, but I will say this, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happily married uh, man. I have four children. I am a Christian as well, and uh, we are the only party that is running in this election that is pro-life and seeking to support the family, support a, the, an adoption uh, adoption framework for life across this country, and um, I see the hand going up there, Tish, but I think you have a real conversation to have within the PPC. I've had it with Max of how you're going to integrate and reconcile uh, a pro-life or pro-family, as you call it, uh, perspective with libertarianism which is exactly the opposite. yeah
4: i could just say because i'm pro-life and pro-family i think the bigger and I, and, you know and i think the bigger problem here is that we have couples not even having children because they can't afford it in our country we have kids committing suicide and and drug overdoses re- record levels we have a death call here in canada I, agree. I think we have to we have to go forward to build communities that nourish the hope of life and i I don't think um you know myself as a candidate i think i you know i take a strong stance to support all life here whether it's a teenager who's addicted to drugs because we are pushing these sort of toxic things on our kids sure. or an elderly person who's so hopeless because they're so lonely that they're going to uh go in and, and ask for maids so i think right across the board we need to encourage life and i think P- ppc is the only federal party that's taken a stand on some of these critical issues. And you see it, whether it was uh, standing with the parents, with um, the Million March where I spoke, standing with the truckers, you know, standing against the mandates. And when you look at the personal loss that a lot of the people across Canada who are now PPC or People's Party candidates, they have taken slander, they've taken personal loss, and they stand for all the values that we need to rebuild our country. So I think it's the by far the best platform for Canada. And yeah, that's why- And that's great. It's my
3: conclusion. So maybe I could just finish. I just think I don't read that on your policy. I think it's a distinguishing point. And while you may hold those views, which I actually respect and honor, I'm not seeing that uh, within your your framework. I see your leader struggling to actually clarify that point nationally. And I think that that's an internal conversation that the party needs to have. Uh, I know that in some of the by-elections as I followed along from uh, across Canada in my book reviews, namely uh, in Manitoba, people are struggling because there's not a forthcoming answer from the policy framework of the leader. This is not a directional comment towards you. I have no doubt that you're, you're, those are your views. And I like the fact that you always uh, refer back to life and hope because that is a huge piece that our nation needs. But the reality is, the PPC is struggling with its governance model, and it's struggling to define what its framework is on this important issue, and to su- sugarcoat it with all those amazing things that need to happen. The fact is, the party doesn't have a doesn't have a constitution. After five or six years, people are deeply concerned about Neither that in terms of England. accountability. England. does accountability. Uh, yeah. um, uh, I would beg to differ with that actually but anyways uh, and I think that in in terms of an assertion for a political party that's been around for five years for five years versus England that has birthed democracy in the Magna Carta that's such a shallow comment but anyways the PPC has to get ag- engage these issues and people are looking for clear policy positions it's not within the PPC's policy and while I value your integrity in terms of speaking to it the boat that you're on is not clear at all on the issue, and there's a, a profound dissonance between libertarianism and actually articulating a pro-life policy. And thank you. Those are my 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 comments for this debate.
0: Khalid, I know that you had your hand up, so uh, you need to unmute your microphone. I, I did mute you again.
2: Yeah, it is my hand, but now I'll pass. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. It was a great night, great evening to have. Been with you and talk to you. Thank you. All right,
0: and with that, we will wrap up. Thank you all. Thank you, Gail, Khalid, Grant, Tish. It has been a a great conversation. I think we kept things on track, and uh, I'm very appreciative. Best of luck to all of you. Uh, voting day is March 4th, I believe. The advanced polls have they closed now? I think today was yes. the last day, right? For advanced polls. Yes, they have closed yesterday. 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 Yeah. Okay, but March 4th is the big day, so. Best of luck to all of you in the riding of Durham. We will be watching. Have a great night. Catch everybody back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, here on the Maverick News Channel. Catch you on the flip side.
1: This has been a Maverick Multimedia Production.